Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I am excited about Hebrews chapter 11. There's a lot in Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah, there is. And we are not going to be able to cover everything, probably not even be able to read the entire chapter. I mean, we might read the chapter, but won't be able to discuss every every detail and story, but some really great stuff here about faith. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Some foundational stuff here about faith in these first few verses. Absolutely. You know, uh, in our reading yesterday, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll do the same reading, but we'll, we'll expand. We'll go uh, from chapter 10, verse 39, all the way to the end of Hebrews 11, verse 7. Uh, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, And through it, he, being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. It fascinates me that at the end of chapter 10, it points out that we are not those who shrink back, but those who through faith press on to the preservation of our souls. Yes. I'm guessing, I haven't looked at it, I bet that's the word suke there, which which in the spectrum of meaning soul, life, mm-hmm. you know, spirit, the, all of that yeah. going, going along with it. And it's the, uh, it, it shocks me that... Once he gets beyond just talking about all of us believing in the creation of the world, his first specific example of someone who believed and through their faith persevered under Mm -hmm. the preservation of their souls actually got killed. Well, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Here's Abel, who through faith offered a better sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but Cain ends up killing him over that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And yet what we just heard about all of these people is there is a faith that that presses on, that does not shrink back unto the preservation of life, unto the preservation right. of souls. souls. So we're obviously talking about something, and I know we'll get back to this throughout the week, but I just wanted to kick off here at the beginning, yeah. the recognition. We're talking about a promise that is greater than mm-hmm. this life, that's yeah. greater than this world as yeah. it stands. Which just ties back to some things we were talking about last week in chapter 10, uh, when it talked about there was a reward in heaven for you. Uh, so yeah, I think the Hebrew writer's talking about that. It's not about this world. It's not about this life. And the specific, uh, if I can use the word heroes, I guess examples of faith that are highlighted are certainly those that made their choice to trust the word of God and practice the word of God, even though it cost, and uh, even though they might be quite misunderstood and stand out from the world around them, whether it's Abel standing out over and against Cain or Enoch 
okay, so different from the generations among him that God just took him and he was not. Uh, and certainly Noah, right? Noah's going to be the, the one righteous fellow in his generation, preparing an ark for the saving of his soul. And, you know, what I noticed in the reading this time is how it talks about he's divinely warned about things not yet seen. Here's not this seen. unseen seen. element again, yeah. as we were talking about in our uh, in our broadcast yesterday, yes, about the conviction of things not seen. Well, what does that look like for Noah, right? It actually looked like building an ark. That was a huge undertaking, but he's convicted about that which was not seen. He was convicted that there would be rain, so mm-hmm. possibly they hadn't even seen rain. I know some right. make that argument, but certainly no one had seen a flood, yeah, like worldwide a, a world, flood, worldwide flood, whereby yeah. the only way to survive was not run to higher ground, mm-hmm. not run away from not the sandbags. river. We're way past sandbags. No, this is build a big old box. Yeah, build a, build a big old box and and seal yourself in there. Yeah, uh, so, but but it was based on the conviction of what was unseen, mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on the testimony of God's word. That's right. Which, of course, we just talked about the fact yesterday that we believe the world was created by God's word. Sure. Here's sure. Noah anchoring in that belief that, therefore, the world can be destroyed by God's word. Mm-hmm. If God says that this thing I've created, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to anchor and live on that. So yeah. he tells me to build a box, I'm going to build a big build old a box. box. And he tells me to gather some animals, I'm going to gather some animals. He tells me to put my family inside there and close the door and seal it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna. That's what. That's where Noah was. No, I love that. I, I and I believe the Genesis account about the animals. But it is interesting in verse seven. It's about the saving of his household. His household. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's about the. It's about the the family and those dear to him. So well, there's an ongoing salvation. There's not only salvation through the flood. So there's that that issue with Noah and talking about salvation. First of all, there's salvation from the perverse generation, as Peter right. points out. Yeah. Which that actually is the flood itself was the means of salvation for. That. That, mm-hmm. which is why in Peter he connects it to baptism. Yeah, First Peter three that that it's the the flood itself is the means of salvation. But then there is the salvation from the flood, which was accorded by the ark. Mm-hmm. But now there's this world that's been destroyed. Animal life is is gone. If God had put him on a on a planet with with no animals. How, how's the family going to survive? Right. And so even part of that, the, the animals, it's not just let's save the animals. It's let's have the preservation of Noah and yes. his family ongoing, even yes. after this flood is over. Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. And in that story, we see that man is yet again given dominion over the beasts yes. uh, and that creation order. So what do you see here about faith? Um, we talked a little bit yesterday uh, in verse 1. Faith is the substance of things so for The New King James says the evidence or conviction, I guess, uh, the SV said, of things not seen. Uh, and then when I get to verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I see faith in God now, we talked about faith generally yesterday, yes. but now faith in God, you must believe that, number one, God is, and number two, God is a rewarder Yes, of those that are seeking him. So 
a uh, you know and a rewarder there that's a benevolent god yes that is a good god i do think it's important to note that very literally that is how this is worded god is and god is a rewarder okay so the esv i think that god is and he rewards which okay. gets gets the point across but it's about who he is and it's about his nature mm. it's it's not just about who he is and what he does it's mm-hmm. about who he is and his nature god is mm-hmm. but the god that is is a rewarder yeah. Of those who seek him, mm-hmm. of those who look for him, who is invisible. What an yeah. amazing thing that is. Uh, we, we can only we can only look for him by faith because yeah. he is invisible, which, of mm-hmm. course, uh, those who are agnostic and atheist, that's one of their big attacks. Well, you've never seen him. You can't see him. You, you know, might as well have right. this big flying spaghetti monster in the sky. You know, you haven't seen him either. Seen either. Right. But I haven't seen any evidence of a big flying spaghetti monster in the sky. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no historical evidence of anyone having met a big flying spaghetti monster in the sky who came and taught them and then performed miracles and then died on a cross and was resurrected on the third day like I have for the God that I find in the Bible. We've got all of this. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what, I do have some evidence for the existence of something beyond this world because I have to ask the question, how did this world get here? Sure. Sure. It's it's like you and I are sitting at a table. Mm -hmm. I have faith that somebody made this table. Yeah. It's not ridiculous. Nobody thinks that's ridiculous that I believe that there was a carpenter somewhere or a factory somewhere or somebody that... That yeah. cut this wood, that carved this wood, that sanded this wood, that stained this wood, that pe- placed the piece the pieces yeah, of wood the together. You know, sure. n- nobody thinks I'm out of my mind. Nobody says, "Oh, you must believe in the great flying spaghetti carpenter." Yeah. No, I believe this is how tables come into existence. Right. People make them. I look around at the universe and I realize this: this is there's design. Yeah. There's this repetition there's i mean design from the grand looking at the solar system all the way down to the minuscule looking at the cell i believe that somebody made that i do too and and i i think it's um wrong to uh just cross out the whole concept of of uh, an extra physical existence a spiritual realm you know that uh, until I guess the Enlightenment times and and modernist thought, uh, it was basically generally understood that of course there's something beyond us. Yeah. You know whether it's God or the gods, everyone accepted the fact that there's some supernatural order. Um, and you know now we have to vie with that and and try to continue with people. No, uh, open your mind, give it a chance. What if it's possible? And you know we actually have some scientific laws that support this faith in God. So Mm -hmm. for instance, uh, there's the law of preservation of matter and energy that says things don't come into existence, they just change form, that our universe has a a constant mm-hmm. of matter and energy it just changes Same form so like when you when you burn wood mm-hmm. it changes form it produces yes the matter disintegrates and it goes from being this piece of wood to being this ash but what we have is the changing of form of matter to energy mm-hmm. and we we recognize and then of course that energy it, you know there, there's the whole cycle that you can go through but we also so so things can't just come in by our scientific laws if everything is just natural if right. There is no God. Things can't just come into existence. Exactly. But we also have the law of entropy mm-hmm. that says that the longer things exist, the the they break down. Yeah. And if right. if so the the stuff around us can't just come into existence. But if I want to say that it has always existed, then it has had forever to break down 
which means at this point it should be as completely broken down as it possibly could be. Right. And we are not. Mm -mm. Uh, I mean, sometimes I look at me and think I'm kind of broken down, but I'm not as completely (laughs) broken down as I could be. There's there's a hill. So in other words, we we actually have some scientific laws that say, well, it can't have been here forever, and it can't have just come into existence. Now I got to start asking, then how did this happen? Yeah. So then we start coming up with crazy theories that make much more sense in a comic book and in a multiverse of madness, right? And all this quantum mechanics and going out of existence and coming into existence and yada yada yada. At the end, though, all we're doing is backing it up. These laws still apply. It can't come into existence, and it can't have been here forever. Unless there's something or someone outside of these laws that brought it into existence. God is, and God is a rewarder. The idea that he is good, that he is uh, benevolent. And I, I think about it, a, a, a reason to trust that there's a God when I think about our interactions between people and a sense of morality, or perhaps a moral outrage when people perceive, well, this is wrong. Uh, things aren't the way they ought to be. They, 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 they seem broken right now. Um, that was the approach of C.S. Lewis, who started out as a an atheist, and he begins to reason, you know, that there's this problem with evil, and how could there be a good God that would allow such evil to happen in this world? But then he got to thinking, well, why would I think anything is evil? He goes, how can you call something crooked unless you have a concept of what is straight? And from that, you, you, you reason back to there must be a sense of good and right and proper, where does that come from? The materialist story of our existence, which is just matter and electricity and biology and so forth, there is no explanation. There's no possible explanation for where any kind of sense of a moral order or moral law would come from. And yet, if there is a God who is good, then of course in his creation, there is a moral order and a moral law. If there is a law, there is a lawgiver. There is a lawgiver. You can't have a law without a lawgiver. And if you're going to take away the Mm lawgiver, then you take away the law. And if I'm going to say that all we have is the naturalistic explanation, then the lawgiver becomes me. But how can I trust myself as a lawgiver? I'm nothing more than just a naturalistic accident. Right. Even my own mind is nothing but an accidental thing. Yeah. Uh, There's... So if I'm going to start talking about things being good and evil, then I have to have the law giver. Mm-hmm. All these reasons to believe that God is, we didn't even get to talk about him being a rewarder, but the reality is that's what we see through the rest of these stories. Absolutely. In Hebrews chapter 11 is the rewards that he provides. So I know we'll talk about that throughout the week. I think we need to wrap up today as much as I want to keep talking. <laughs> Lots of good it's stuff. So good. Great thing tomorrow is Peyton's going to be with us. So oh, I'm good. excited good, good, about good. that. Yeah, I'm we love to have Peyton that. with us. So dear God, Build our faith. Strengthen us. Help us to keep our eyes on you. And Lord, where we have not seen, may we trust your testimony and live according to your word. It's through your son, Jesus, who died so that we might have your reward. We pray in him. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.